Ah, so this morning uh, we begin, no, we continue this great adventure in scripture about the post-resurrection experiences that the disciples had with Jesus. Um, I'll read to you now, last week we heard from the Gospel of John, this morning from the Gospel of Luke. Um, We're told in Luke 24 that, uh, same story, the women come to the tomb and the tomb is empty. And they are told that this one Jesus, who they thought was dead, is alive. Um, And then the story picks up later in that same day. Luke 24, beginning with verse 23. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? The, they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? And he asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women, some women of our group have astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said. But they said they did not see him. Then Jesus, he, said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them, the things about himself in all of scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us, stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together, and they were saying, the Lord is risen indeed, he has appeared to Simon. And then they told what had happened to them on the road. And how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for these ancient stories. These old, old stories made new again 
through the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearing, unfold the meaning, your way, for us this day. Let us know what you want us to know. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So we began uh, this worship service, and I told you it was the second Sunday of Easter. It's a very simple designation, but it's important to us as a worshiping community to uh, recognize that Easter has just begun. So that while uh, for most of uh, the culture, Easter is over, already a week past, we're on to something else. For those of us, when we gather, we say, um, no, Easter is just underway. So in these next weeks that lead up to Pentecost, uh, first weekend of June, first Sunday of June, we're going to just keep hearing the stories of how the disciples experienced this resurrected Jesus in their midst. So last week we heard that Mary encountered Jesus at the empty tomb, but she thought he was the gardener because she didn't recognize him, not until he spoke her name. Just now, we heard of these two on a walk from Emmaus, uh, from Jerusalem, home to Emmaus, Cleopas and another. Could have been a friend. Some scholars have suggested that it was his wife, um, which would be actually quite common in scripture for the husband to be named and the other uh, if it was a woman to remain unnamed. But whoever it was, they were two believers Two followers, we might say two disciples, not of the 12, but those who believed in Jesus. And Luke tells us this all happened on that same day. And in their telling, they refer to what had happened that morning. That morning that we call Easter Sunday. So two of these Jesus' disciples were walking back home, were told seven miles And they were talking about everything that had happened, right? And I think all of us have had some experience where there's been such a a significant event in our lives, good sometimes, horrific other times, that when we go to talk, it's just what comes up. It's just when they says they were talking about everything that had happened. What they meant and what it means here is they were talking about the arrest Um, the tragedy of Jesus' death, his crucifixion. They were going over, you can imagine them going over and over with this. They are filled with grief, they're filled with disappointment. In our day, we would call it trauma. They had experienced trauma. Um, They were maybe even living a little bit with the post-traumatic stress disorder being expressed that they couldn't even see correctly. And then Jesus comes and he walks with them. And Cleopas begins to tell this stranger what had happened. What had happened to Jesus. And then this confusion they feel about hearing good news. Because it doesn't actually seem that this could even be true. We would feel the same. There's people who've said, those people, some of us, some of our uh, friends and, and believers have said that Jesus is alive. He's not dead. But you see, they'd seen him dead. So how could this be? No one's ever said this, but um, after the line when Cleopas says, have you not heard, I can sort of envision Jesus turning his head to cover a smile, right? Because they don't know yet who he is. So he kind of uh, maybe is a little bit 
amused that they're telling him the story. So Cleopas and his companion don't recognize Jesus, though, until the walk is over. That's going to be important in how we hear this story this morning. They don't recognize Jesus until the walk is over. They don't recognize Jesus. They see him as a stranger, also important. They see him as a stranger, and as they walk, they encounter some connection with him, still not knowing that it was Jesus. And then they invite him, Jesus the stranger, to stay with them, to eat with them, to stay with them, and to eat with them. Hmm. They do not recognize Jesus until they break bread and eat together. Yes, these two travelers had heard that Jesus was alive, but they had not seen him. Hmm. But they had not seen him. So as they walked, telling this stranger their problem, their problems, their sorrow, they never suspected that the stranger was Jesus until they invited the stranger in. Not until the walk was over where their eyes opened and they said, ah, Weren't our hearts, I like that line, weren't our hearts burning within us when we were talking to him? Shouldn't we have known this? Shouldn't we have known this? Sometimes we get to that end of that story so quickly that we forget or we overlook that the walk to Emmaus is not a glory road. Um, The glory and wonder does not come until it is all over. That actually this walk to Emmaus is for the disappointed ones. For those whose hopes and expectations have not been met and maybe even destroyed. It's the road that you walk when the treatment didn't work. When the family didn't reconcile. When you didn't make the team. When you didn't get that job you'd planned for. When your best friend betrays you. When your loved one dies, when nothing worked out like you had hoped or like you had planned. The walk to Emmaus, that road, is the road we find ourselves on when all the ways that we used to feel close to God don't work anymore. That's the Emmaus road. Maybe that sounds familiar. Maybe you've been on it. Maybe you're still on it. If so, here's the good news for you and for me. That the amazing and wonderful promise of the gospel is that on that road to Emmaus, on that road of despair and loneliness and disappointment and confusion, you're not alone, we're not alone. You see, Jesus was always with them even when they didn't know it. So maybe when we think we're alone, we're not. That the one who joins you along the way the one who hears your disappointment and heartache, the one you complain about, Jesus, to letting you down, that one is actually Jesus. Which means that Jesus doesn't look always like what we expect. Hmm. At the end of the children's sermon last week, and this often strikes me, 
when I'm talking to kids, little people especially, littlest people, about a risen Jesus appearing and about him always being with us still, right? You've got to remind us that not in this physical form like we think of Jesus from Bible stories. That Jesus' spirit, this risen one, who Jesus says is going to be present with us in the Holy Spirit, the advocate, um, still comes to us and stays with us and walks with us, but looks quite different maybe from what we had envisioned Jesus looking like. Maybe Jesus is the one who checked in with you this morning in the sanctuary or at home, the one who gave you a call or an email to see how you were doing. Jesus might look like the stranger in the waiting room at the hospital that you've encountered this this last year who handed you a tissue when they saw a tear in your eye. Jesus might look like that teacher, that coach, that choir director who offers encouragement when you are just about ready to give up. I do believe we can confidently call all of these people Jesus in our midst because that's what the Emmaus story tells us, that the stranger, that the stranger who is with you is Jesus. It's true. See, if we're looking for uh, the risen Jesus in all of his uh, resurrected glory, and we have lots of pictures of, of that, and Jesus with a glow around him, usually wearing some sort of a white robe, we might actually look forever. Now, I'm not denying every now and then someone has a vision of this, but it's not how it usually works. Or, or sometimes we want that voice from heaven, like in Jesus' baptism when the dove comes down, and you know the words from heaven, this is my beloved one. We might not ever get that. But, but there's another story that unfolds. That Jesus, again, I can't say this enough, that Jesus comes to us in regular people. Regular people, and sometimes we don't know it until after the whole story is over. Presbyterian pastor Robin Hogue tells this story about an experience she has as a child of knowing later that Jesus had been with her. Reverend Robin tells this story. Years ago, when I was a little girl of 10, I had my appendix removed in an emergency surgery. And the night before my discharge, my dad was in a terrible car accident. The nurse came in and told me before breakfast that it would be a long time before my mom could come get me to take me home because my dad had had an accident and he was in surgery. I started to cry and cry and this nurse held me until I calmed down. It turned out to be a long and complicated surgery for my dad. I waited a long, long time. I remember praying as a child and I'll admit, Praying felt like talking into a dead phone line. Never had I felt so alone. But every so often, every 45 minutes or so, the nurse came to my bedside and she asked, are you doing okay? And I would mumble, I'm all right, because that was what I was supposed to say. 
And finally, I must have fallen asleep because the next thing I knew, the nurse was gently nudging me and saying, wake up, honey. Wake up. The surgeon is done and your mom is coming in to see you. And suddenly I knew, I just knew that Jesus had been with me that whole long while. And then the nurse vanished out the door. Now looking back, I know I had been a girl on the Emmaus Road. And on that road, even when you think you're all alone, you're not. Jesus is your companion on that way. And in my story, Jesus looked a lot like that nurse. It seems that only in retrospect, after the fact that we recognize angels, we recognize Jesus, however we call his presence in our life. So if you're on the Emmaus Road, still walking it, the road of doubt or disappointment, take heart, be patient, keep your eyes open, hearts open, because Jesus is there somewhere. Now, part of this message this morning has to do not just with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, however we speak of this divine presence in our life, present in people, but present in creation. On this day in which we recognize all that God has given to us, we celebrate that in spite, despite our lack of care for the earth. And we will offer that up in prayer this morning. We are gifted with God's presence in our midst in so many different ways. How do you know you're not alone? A cardinal in the feeder outside your window. A hawk crossing the sky. A turtle that you help cross the road. A doe and two fawns in a field. A flower pushing its way up through the crack in concrete refusing to be denied the opportunity to bloom. The natural world reveals to us always that we are not alone. 